Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the 3PC podcast. It's definitely been a minute. We've been meaning to get this episode out for a while now, um, as I think it's quite a useful one. Um, but we we're just trying to put all the, I guess, information together, and it definitely took a bit of time. Um, but we're finally here. So today in this episode, we're going to be talking about everything pregnancy and training. Um, but I want to break it up and go a little bit more further than that. Um, I want to talk about everything we need to be doing pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy, and then post-pregnancy too. And then that, that way, hopefully, um, you know, it's going to be beneficial information to quite a few people, not just to people who are currently pregnant or, um, I guess, expecting to be pregnant anytime soon. So as you could imagine, there is quite a bit of info around this topic for sure. I'm just going to try and simplify things and pass on the most relevant and useful info um, that I can. However, it is important to remember that at the end of the day, everyone and every pregnancy is totally different. So a lot of this information is going to be very case dependent as well, um, which is important to keep in mind. So um, what makes me qualified to talk about this? Well, I've done a couple of uh, courses on pregnancy and exercise specifically. Um, the most recent course I completed was probably four months ago. Um, and yeah, I thought it would be good to, I guess, get a lot of that information which I've learned and then just sort of try and share it with as many people as possible. Um, it is hard to, I guess, just pass on that information to people um, throughout the gym. So I thought this might be a good resource that we can refer people back to. Um, I've also just learned a lot from training a number of pregnant women and mothers throughout the years as well um, over the course of my career. So from one-on-one -on -one PT right through to the group stuff now. And we have a lot of um, new mums or expecting mums uh, who train with us at 3PC. So it is important to stay on top of the, the latest info and research as um, there is so much new information coming out. And we want to obviously try and create um, as safe as possible in training environments. So I think when a majority of uh, trainers do their PT course, they will cover some form of education on pregnancy, but it is very minor. So it is definitely beneficial to upskill um, in the area. And like I just said, there actually isn't a ton of research. Um, there's definitely more and more which is starting to come out, but it is a relatively new field of study. So um, each year there always seems to be a little bit more new information which is coming out. So getting into things, I want to try and break this episode up into a few different sections just for simplicity's sake. So I want to break it up into pre-pregnancy, during your pregnancy, and then post-pregnancy as well. And a lot of this information is going to intertwine and overlap, um, but we'll do our best to break it up. And when you think about exercise and pregnancy, I think a lot of the major emphasis is on when you are pregnant. But something which I have learned and come to realize more and more is that the prenatal health is really, really important for numerous reasons. And the research actually shows us that the biggest risk to pregnancy is obesity. And with more than 50% of Australian women currently overweight and or obese prior to falling pregnant, that is obviously going to be an issue. So what makes it an issue? Well, there are a number of studies which show that there is an increased risk of infant mortality in term births. Uh, severe asphyxia-related outcomes in term infants increase with the maternal obesity. And there's an increased prevalence of preterm births. And that is a big issue because preterm birth is a leading cause of infant mortality, morbidity, and long-term disability as well. So the key takeaway there is that being overweight 
can have a major impact on preterm births, which highlights just how important exercise and just building general healthy habits pre-pregnancy is so important. Another interesting fact is that the higher the BMI in pregnancy, more than doubles the risk of having lifelong increased BMI and an overweight family. Now, I can't remember the exact statistic around it, but um, the research shows us that mothers are more likely going to have an effect on child-related outcomes than the father is. So, for example, um, if a child is growing up with a mother who has you know, poor eating habits, um, is overweight or really unhealthy, then the child is more likely than um, to grow up also overweight and to take on those poor habits, which um, they're obviously learning through the mother. So, um, you know, the way we live our life um, has a big, obviously, correlation with how the child is going to grow up. So, you can imagine that pre-pregnancy, um, it can be really important to get all of those habits in check. And that's obviously training related, but nutrition related as well. Um, some other things relating to um, the exercise pre-pregnancy um, and then obviously uh, being overweight. Uh, preterm birth, I already talked about, but there is an increase in cesarean pregnancies, pelvic instability, um, increased risk of developing type 2 diabetes, joint stress, more likely to remain overweight post-birth and there is an increased risk of hypertension during your pregnancy as well. Um, there is also the fact that being overweight or obese can massively increase the chances of infertility in general as well. And there have been a numerous studies which have been conducted which show that prenatal exercise interventions and weight loss have a number of positive benefits for pregnancy. So again, the main takeaway here is that exercise pre-pregnancy is really important, not just to reduce your weight or to uh, not just to reduce your weight or to increase the likelihood of normal pregnancy, but also to just build the healthy habits, which are so important during the pregnancy and post-pregnancy as well. Um, again, not just for you, but also for your children. Now, another uh, topic, which I guess when I was first, um, I guess, learning more about pregnancy is um, understanding how common a miscarriage is for women. Now, I think one in four women will experience an early miscarriage in their reproductive life, which is obviously quite high. It's a little bit unrelated to exercise and pregnancy, but while we are on the topic of pre-pregnancy, I think it is an important topic to discuss because it might not be something that many people are actually aware of prior to being pregnant. And as I said, it wasn't um, something that I was really aware of and I definitely didn't think it was as common as it was um, until I became a PT and actually started training um, numerous women. And often women will tell their PT or tell their coach that they are pregnant in the early stages, obviously, because they're trying to be careful um, and maybe take it a little bit easier when exercising. Um, and that was definitely the case with me. I was getting told by all these women that they were pregnant, only then to find out a few weeks later that they had a miscarriage. And it was really shocking to me to learn how common it was. Um, and it is really sad, but again, it is common. So I think it does help just to be aware um, and spread that knowledge of, you know, just how common it really is. Um, but some things or some things which increase the risk um, of a miscarriage include 
um, having an increased maternal age, uh, higher levels of alcohol consumption, and then being underweight and being overweight as well, which um, obviously those last two factors um, do have quite a correlation with exercise and just healthy habits in general. So again, I think this just outlines the importance of healthy habits pre-pregnancy and how important it is. It is still important to be aware that even if you did mitigate all those risks, though, it is still an extremely common occurrence. So just before moving on to exercise specifically while pregnant, the last thing I wanted to talk about, touch on um, for the topic of pre-pregnancy is the pelvic floor. Now, the pelvic floor gets talked um, about quite a lot during and post-pregnancy, but it is less common to talk about it pre-pregnancy. And while we're on the topic of exercise, it is important to consider training your pelvic floor pre-pregnancy as this can absolutely help with avoiding issues down the line such as pelvic floor incontinence, which I'm sure a lot of women listening will agree is a common issue postpartum um, and especially when trying to add in exercise again, especially high intensity exercise in particular. So it is one of those things that you can get on top of early to some degree. Um, I know a pelvic floor workout isn't the most glamorous or fun type of exercise to be doing, but having a preventative approach as opposed to a reactive approach down the line is going to be much more beneficial. So if having kids is something that you're considering in the future, it can be worthwhile thinking about how you can train your pelvic floor beforehand, um, especially if you are already having incontinence issues or you are having some form of issue with your pelvic floor. Um, you definitely want to think of ways that you can um, help improve that or strengthen that prior to um, falling pregnant. So that's mm, the majority of stuff I wanted to touch on pre-pregnancy. Now let's start to look at exercising whilst pregnant. Also, again, just keep in mind, I am just touching the surface level of these uh, subjects. I'm not going into too much detail to avoid the podcast dragging on. But the idea is just to bring more awareness to these particular topics, um, especially if people, I guess, have no idea whatsoever. I know some people are obviously all going to have a different level of knowledge around this. So as I said, let's talk about pregnancy and exercise. And I think this can be broken up into two really broad categories, which is A, you're already training or B, you are not training at all. And in general, it is safe and beneficial to continue exercising whilst pregnant. And it's also safe and beneficial to begin exercising when falling pregnant. Even if your exercise history is um, prior to pregnancy is really low or non-existent, it is still beneficial to begin and to add it in. There are cases where it may not be beneficial, but I'll touch on those in a little bit. One of the key things to remember when exercising during pregnancy is that the modifications made and the precautions we're trying to take are generally in place to protect the mother. Usually the baby is fine and is really protected. It's the mother who we're trying to protect, especially the further you get into your pregnancy because all of the changes which are taking place within your body. Remember that your body is going through these drastic changes. So if you just think about the way you've been doing one thing for a long period of time, you've been exercising, you know, with the same body for, you know, such a large period of time, then all of a sudden in the course of a few weeks, that body's going to shift and start to change. Um, you know, that's a lot of stress for your body to take. So the increased uh, likelihood of you becoming injured or anything like that um, is much higher. So again, all of these modifications that we try to make is generally there to help protect the mother um, from doing any harm. And we've already touched on some of the benefits of exercise, but it is impor important to remember that 
Um, exercising during pregnancy leaves the mother feeling really good. It's beneficial to both maternal and fetal outcomes in a healthy, uncomplicated pregnancy. It's beneficial for you in the postpartum period. Um, it's not associated with any risks to a newborn and it can lead to changes in lifestyle that imply longer term benefits as well. Um, it is important to understand that there is, as I said earlier on the episode, there is new research every year relating to this topic. Um, it is a relatively new field of research. And if we just go through some examples, a lot of the research which was coming out in the 1950s and 1960s was essentially saying pregnant women were considered really frail and they were advised to reduce their level of activity, um, if not, n- not exercise at all. And then throughout the years, more and more research started to be conducted, uh, more studies started to come out and all of this started to change. Um, It wasn't until even the early 2000s where we were starting to see some of the more current trends which were talking about the benefits of exercise for women during pregnancy um, and all the benefits related to it pre, during and post-pregnancy as well. Now, um, the most research forms of exercise include walking, stationary cycling, aerobic-based exercise, dancing, resistance training, and hydrotherapy. As I said, there's not heaps of research around it, so um, a whole bunch of different formats of exercise and sports and whatnot. Um, maybe there's probably less research done into those things, so that is just another important factor to keep in mind. As I said, I'm trying to keep everything brief in this podcast rather than going in-depth, so... What I thought I'd do is just answer some of the key questions and then I'll go slightly more in depth into some of those questions. So is exercise suitable for everyone? Uh, No, not necessarily. And I'll touch on um, maybe some of the people that might not be beneficial for. Is the baby safe during exercise? Generally, yes. What type of exercise should we recommend? Cardio and resistance-based exercise um, have been heavily, uh, most heavily researched um, and generally are going to be very beneficial. What types of exercise should we avoid? So really high impact, really heavy load, um, anything with excessive range of motion, you know, things like yoga, um, where we're really going into that excessive range of motion, um, contact related exercise, core focus, a really strong core focus, maybe like Pilates, and anything which is going to um, lead to lots of instability. Should I train the core and pelvic floor during pregnancy? Well, it depends on the case. And again, I'll touch on that in a little bit. Should I be eating for two people? Um, That's definitely a no, a big no. Um, And then some postnatal sort of questions. How long does it usually last? It's going to vary for everyone, sometimes a really long time. What should we be doing? Well, postnatally, you need to be thinking of that period as rehab, Um, not just getting straight back into things, but think of it as a rehab period. Why do we make all these modifications? Again, primarily to protect the mother. And when should we start changing them? Why not start changing them from the start, from the beginning? Um, And that's what I tell a lot of people. And I think that is something which a lot of people really do struggle with because, again, you've been training a specific way for a really long time and then all of a sudden you have to make these changes. And obviously, you know, if it's an unexpected pregnancy or if you don't even know you're pregnant, that can be a really hard thing to start implementing changes. But again, I'll touch on that um, more in a little bit. So... Is exercise suitable for everyone during pregnancy? No, not necessarily. It is important to be screened and cleared beforehand um, and you should always listen to any recommendations made by your doctor, physio or medical professional. 
And again, this information can definitely change throughout the course of your pregnancy too. Maybe you've been told that it is okay to exercise, but then it may be down the line that changes. Um, in most instances though, it is going to be okay for the majority of people to exercise during their pregnancy. As I said though, there are some absolute contraindications to exercising whilst pregnant, which include, but isn't limited to um, having restrictive lung disease, having incompetent cervix, um, multiple gestation at risk for premature labor, persistent second or third trimester bleeding, um, placenta previa after 26 weeks, um, premature labor during the current pregnancy, ruptured membranes, um, pregnancy-induced hypertension, um, or people that have any form of heart disease or heart-related problems. These are all going to be a form of contraindication to exercising whilst pregnant. So again, um, really important that you are getting screened and cleared by a medical professional beforehand and then obviously listening to that information. Um, but I will emphasize that a majority of the individuals are going to be fine to perform some type of exercise. Um, but again, it's going to be different for everyone and even every pregnancy. Um, there will absolutely be changes throughout the three trimesters as well. Uh, here's what I often see as a trainer in my own personal experience. Most females are going to struggle during that first trimester or at least for the first eight to 12 weeks. So it's not uncommon for your exercise routine to really decrease or stop altogether. But what I actually find is that after this period, it begins to pick up again. Um, but as I said, this is definitely going to be different for every individual case. And as I said, even every pregnancy, you might find that one pregnancy, you can just train all the way through and then maybe in your second pregnancy, you feel like you can't do any exercise whatsoever. So it is very case dependent there. Now, is the baby safe during exercise? Generally, yes. As long as we aren't performing any exercise, which is too absurd, the baby is quite safe and protected. Now, changes and modifications, as I said earlier, are made to protect the mother um, as she is going to be experiencing radical changes within her body in a short amount of time. Now, um, I'm sure many of you obviously are aware of those changes, but if we just go through some of the major ones, um, your cardiovascular system, there's going to be an increase in blood volume, um, cardiac output, and even your resting heart rate is probably going to increase, which already means prior to exercising, there's already this increased load on the heart, which almost means your body is in some form of an exercising state already. You know, think about prior to the pregnancy, if your um, blood volume is much lower and you've got a much lower resting heart rate, and then all of a sudden um, this increases without you doing any extra work, um, that's a lot of stre extra stress on your body. And same goes to your respiratory system. There's going to be an increase um, in your tidal volume, which means you're breathing more, increase in oxygen uptake. And again, this is, again, just putting extra strain on your body without even having to do anything. Obviously, hormonally as well, there's massive changes. The endocrine system gets loaded. There's going to be physical and psychological changes. Um, hormones such as relaxin are going to affect your joints, your blood vessels, your ligaments. Um, so like I just said, joint laxity is going to increase, which essentially means, um, you know, your joints aren't going to be as strong necessarily. Um, there's going to be an increased uh, tendency for varicose veins. There's going to be gastric implications as well, such as reflux. Um, and it is likely that there's going to be periods of, um, you know, decreased concentration or uh, lower energy as well, all due to those hormonal imbalances. 
Um, the most common one, obviously, is that there's going to be weight gain. So again, just think of going from you know, your normal weight and then adding on another five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 kilos, um, all the extra stress that, and load that that is going to put on your joints and your muscles. All right. So again, a lot of extra work, um, which is why, again, we talk about the importance to make these modifications to exercise to protect the mother because um, these changes happen in such a short period of time, it can get really hard to get used to that. Uh, with that as well, is going to come some postural changes as well. So again, all this increased weight is happening anteriorly. So it's all happening in front of us, which is going to put in a lot of extra strain on your lower back um, and you know the posterior chain of your body in general. So again, massive changes that are happening in a short period of time. So the reason we're making these modifications, it's not because you know you're necessarily not as fit or you're getting weaker. Um, it's more so to protect you and it's not necessarily to be looking after the baby when you're moving around. It's again to be protecting the mother to making sure um, you know she isn't going to get injured or anything like that. So these changes will all happen at different stages as well. Obviously, it's not you're full pregnant and then all of a sudden um, these massive changes occur. It is going to happen gradually over time. Um, within the first three to six weeks, there's massive spikes in your HCG hormone and relaxin. Um, and then these begin to taper off closer towards the second trimester. But then again, there's going to be other big spikes in different hormones such as estrogen, prolactin and progesterone. So these all have different impacts on the body. So it is important to make these modifications as you go throughout the pregnancy. As I said, at different stages, you might be feeling really good. Other stages, you might not be feeling as good. So um, it is important to have that in mind as you go. So what type of exercise is recommended? As I said, the research isn't all that substantial, but it is telling us that cardio and resistance training is really beneficial. I know it can be really difficult to change your training routine all of a sudden, but sometimes it is necessary. A common struggle I see among females is that they may be training for a particular goal and now their priorities have to shift. Because when you're pregnant, it's less likely that you're gonna be you know, so performance or even body image focused. Um, and it's going to be difficult and it's often wise to be training to, um, often isn't wise to be training to get stronger, fitter or drop body fat, etc. Um, so that can be something which is really hard to come to terms with. Um, so in the early stages of the pregnancy, when talking about exercise, I always like to remind people that, you know, your reason for still training should shift from more performance or body focus to a focus of just general health and feeling good, both mentally and physically. Um, and it's obviously also going to be beneficial for you once you're getting back into your training postpartum too. So from that, are there any types of exercise that you should be trying to avoid? It is definitely recommended to reduce the amount of high impact and high intensity training you do. Again, this is for protecting the mother. Um, there are also recommendations to avoid um, or stop core focus and flexibility focus types of exercise such as Pilates and yoga. Again, these types of training can still be modified. Um, so it doesn't necessarily mean you have to stop yoga altogether. Um, you just don't want to be going into those um, excessive range of motion type movements. But these are just some general guidelines and not absolutely um, necessary changes that you have to make. For example, um, 
when I was doing my latest pregnancy course, it's, it was really recommended to avoid running whilst pregnant. However, I know of plenty of women who are consistent runners prior to pregnancy or they even do it as a sport and run right throughout their pregnancy. So it is just important to listen to your body and of course, any advice you receive from any medical professional regarding that. Now, it is very likely that these changes you make to your training will and should vary throughout the course of your pregnancy. During the first trimester, here are some general guidelines that you should be following. So you want to start to reduce your impact. So start to change, you know, running, um, jumping and high impact things. Start to reduce intensity and avoid extremely heavy weights. So um, there's no need to be, you know, trying to get your heart rate up into 90% um, on the air bike and there's no need to be doing a one rep max uh, deadlift. So they're the instant changes that you want to start to make. You want to avoid rapid position changes. So, you know, things where you're up and down really fast, like burpees and things like that, you can start to slow those things down or just start to get rid of them altogether. Um, and you want to change the repetitions that you're doing for weights. So again, you can start to think about maybe going for higher repetitions rather than lower because what that is going to do is force you to pick up a lighter weight in general. So rather than aiming for like four to five reps, going for the higher 10 to 15 rep ranges is going to force you to pick up a lighter load and therefore you're not going to be um, necessarily going for that heavier top end style of lifting. You also want to try to avoid long isometric holds. Um, so like going for like a max plank hold or anything like that. And you want to avoid overstretching. So again, like I was touching on with the yoga thing, more specifically, it's like going into those really long, deep stretches. Um, from 16 weeks onwards, we do want to avoid laying on our back and even on our front. So um, I know, again, it's very different for a lot of women um, at the gym who are currently pregnant. I know a lot of people can do this. Um, they can lay on their back quite comfortably, you know, right into their entire pregnancy, but I'll touch on why that's important to change um, in a little bit. Moving on to the second trimester, here are some general guidelines. So the intensity that you're doing is going to depend upon the individual client. Again, if you're feeling really good, it's going to feel like that you can push that intensity higher, but it's not necessary. So again, it should be avoided. There is more of an increased risk of high blood pressure, particularly during your second trimester as well. Um, and again, you want to be avoiding that supine position after the 16 weeks. So um, think of any exercise where you're forced to be laying down on your back. Just think of modifying it and using a fit ball or like a bench um, or a box or something like that. So trying to get the pressure off of your back. There really shouldn't be any exercise that I can think of that comes to my mind that you can't do um, a modified version of on like a ball or a bench or anything like that. Um, again, you want to be avoiding prone positions when uncomfortable. Um, again, usually as you get into that second trimester, avoiding the isometric exercises again um, and commence posture training. So I will talk more on that in a little bit when I give specific exercises. But again, this is more so think about all this extra load that you're going to be carrying in front of your body. How can we um, help prevent some of that lower back pain or those um, any pain in the posterior of your body while training and creating a stronger posture can definitely help that there. Um, and consider the muscles need needs when modifying exercises. So again, if we're doing an exercise on the floor, like a hip thrust, 
well, what muscles are we trying to work there? We're trying to work our glutes. How can we change that exercise to still work the glutes, but in a modified way? And again, I'll talk on that in a little bit. And um, guidelines for the third trimester, it's pretty similar to the second semester. Um, unless there's any problems that you begin to experience, um, the changes are going to remain pretty similar. Um, exercise requirements may change at any stage during the pregnancy. Um, so just keep that in mind as well. Obviously, if you start to feel uncomfortable or anything like that, something starts to feel wrong, um, think about the changes that you may need to make. You don't have to be pushing through things. Definitely not as you get deeper into the pregnancy as well. Um, obviously, as you get into that third trimester, you are generally going to feel more tired as well. So your intensity is naturally going to drop. So an option there is to break up the workout into shorter sessions or even um, think about increasing your rest periods or increasing the frequency of the rest periods that you're having. So taking more breaks throughout the session, um, things like that. And again, we want to have a bigger consideration on dropping your weights more significantly as well. So um, third trimester, there is no reason to be going super heavy or pushing yourself to the absolute max. So think about how can I, um, how can I make these changes? How can I go a little bit lighter? Again, it's more of a, a focus on just moving our body for just a general feeling of feeling good and for that mental benefit as well. So there's some basic guidelines. Now let's talk about what we're going to be doing in the gym during each trimester. And for this, I'll probably keep it a little bit more three PC focused for now, um, just so um, anyone listening to this training at the gym can make these changes um, to the classes and things like that. So your exercise selection should be suitable to your fitness level, um, your likes, and obviously your comfort level as well. So if something feels uncomfortable, just change it. Again, any exercise that we do here at the gym can be easily modified um, to target you know, the muscle in particular that we are trying to target. So um, don't feel like you have to be doing something. We can obviously always make a change to make you feel more comfortable and still get the desired result. So when strength training, it should all be relative to your past experience and fitness level. You'll begin to make shifts due to mobility as well. So you want to avoid the feeling of pushing out of your belly or pushing down on your pelvic floor too much as well. And when it comes to the cardio, we want to be reducing the impact and the very high intensity stuff. So for example, instead of box jumps, try doing some step ups or even just some body weight squats. Um, we're still going to be getting the benefit um, out of you know those slight modifications. In terms of your overall intensity, and again, this can be, it's more specific for cardio, but this can be used for cardio and for the strength stuff. A good measure is what is called the talk test. So you should be able to comfortably talk or have a conversation throughout the session. If you are out of breath or struggling to speak, then the intensity may be a little bit too high. So just keep that in mind as well. Your frequency of training can remain the same. Sure, it might drop off as the pregnancy progresses, um, but often I see females increase the amount they're training towards the later stages of their pregnancy. And that can be due to a number of factors. It can be, you know, maybe having a little bit more time off work. Um, it's even the mental challenge of maybe feeling like a, that you're a little bit bigger or maybe your overall intensity reduces throughout the day. So maybe you just feel a little bit more sluggish and you want to get into the gym a little bit more. Um, again, it is very common to see, but everyone is a little bit different there. So um, if you are training a little bit more, that's fine. Just keep these, um, all of these modifications in mind. Now, 
Most things will generally be fine to keep the same during the first trimester. My main focus and suggestion would be to just start bringing down your overall intensity. Um, not just how hard and fast you go in the class, but also the amount of load that you're using. So say, for example, you know, before um, falling pregnant, you were doing uh, barbell back squats at 50 kilos for eight reps and four sets of that. So you might want to consider maybe bringing that down a little bit more, um, going a little bit lighter, say 35, 40 kilos, and then maybe just a little higher amount of reps um, for the same amount of sets. So um, again, not necessarily pushing ourselves or overexerting ourselves on each exercise there. Um, naturally, you will begin to feel weaker as you progress too. That's totally normal with all the changes which are occurring. In terms of training your core, you definitely want to have a focus on your TVA. So that's your transverse abdominus muscles and your pelvic floor throughout. Now, heading into your pregnancy, if you have a pretty weak core in general, um, and this can be tested too, but if you do have a pretty weak core, then it can be okay and even beneficial to do some core training and strengthening throughout the first trimester. But during the second and third trimester, you definitely want to limit this or remove the core work completely, um, just keeping a focus on the TVA and the pelvic floor. And if going into your first trimester, you've already got quite a strong core, um, then you probably want to look at um, reducing or modifying some of the core work that you're currently doing as well. And in terms of stretching, I've already touched on this a couple of times, but we do want to be mindful of hypermobility throughout the entire pregnancy. So not overstretching, you know, some gentle basic stretches are fine, um, especially for problem areas such as the back, the glutes, calves, hip flexors, quads, and pecs. So modifiable things like doing these stretches standing or some seated variations are ideal um, as the pregnancy progresses. But no real long, deep, um, overstretch positions. We're trying to avoid those. And we definitely want to avoid foam rolling, um, especially on our back, as this can increase the pressure um, on all the internal structures. And obviously, there's already the increased pressure from um, just having a baby in the front there as well. So foam rolling things like your, your calves and that would still be fine, but um, definitely avoiding the back. Now, remember, cardio training is great for the health of both mum and the baby. Um, just be mindful of the intensity as your pregnancy progresses. Don't be afraid, as I already touched on this, but don't be afraid to increase your rest periods too. So um, whether that's having a longer rest period or um, having more rest periods throughout um, the session, that is totally fine to do. And, you know, especially here at 3PC, if you need to take more of a break, um, you know, we recommend that for anyone anyway, regardless if you're pregnant or not, but it is something that you should focus on a little bit more. If you feel like you're, you know, not working hard or your heart rate isn't high enough, that's a good thing. Um, you don't need to be, you know, pushing yourself as hard as everyone else. Remember that there's a lot more going on inside of your body. So we do want to be mindful of that as well. Um, as we get into the second and third trimesters, we are going to be making some more changes. Again, your body's started to change quite a lot more by now. So as I already touched on, avoiding the amount of core work we are doing, just keeping that slight focus on the TVA and the pelvic floor work, um, your intensity and load will definitely be reducing at this stage. Now, there are numerous studies showing positive effects of resistance training for pregnant women with really light loads. So using really light weights. So remember... You don't need to be going extremely heavy to still get the benefit. Light weights or even body weight is still totally suitable. I think um, 
the study which I'm referring to here had women using three or four kilo dumbbells and they, they were seeing um, still really big benefits. So keep that in mind. You know, if you're doing really heavy lifts prior to your pregnancy, don't feel like you need to be keeping that intensity or you're not going to see any benefit. You will still see a benefit from going a little bit lighter and taking things a little bit easier. Um, there's a good amount of research also showing that stress incontinence is going to be at a much higher risk if you're completing higher intensity or higher impact exercises. Um, and the prevalent rates of this increase if you've had a previous pregnancy already. So as a comparison, the prevalence of urinary incontinence varied from 5% in women performing low impact exercises to 80% for women who performed trampolining. So obviously quite a high impact exercise. So exercises that involve jumping are the most associated with urinary incontinence. So it is best to avoid these forms of exercise altogether. So again, using the gym as an example, box jumps, squat jumps, jump lunges, star jumps, skipping, anything like that can all be easily modified or swapped out for a non-jumping variation of exercise. So again, don't feel like you need to do that. It can easily be changed and it's definitely something we want to avoid um, as this is not just going to benefit you during the pregnancy, but especially um, post-pregnancy as well, um, helping you know, remove the increased risk of having urinary incontinence um, after pregnancy. We also want to avoid, or at least begin avoiding movements in a supine position. I've already touched on this a few times, but basically anytime you're laying down on your back, flat on the ground, there is evidence which shows us that the uterus can be compressed um, and the vena cava in the supine position can be impressed, uh, sorry, compressed, which is um, a really important vein, all right, supplying uh, blood flow to your lower body. So um, having symptomatic hypertension in up to 10% of women um, who are doing this. So that is something that we definitely want to be mindful of. There is also research which shows that it can compromise uterine blood flow through the compression of your aorta as well. So Again, really no need to be down lying on your back. Um, most of that stuff can be modified. Um, and again, I sort of like said this a few times only because generally when you are in that position, you do feel fine, but this is what the research is telling us. So I just want to make um, women aware of this and obviously just let them know that it is okay to be modifying these exercises. There should be no reason why you can't do it standing or on a bench, a box or a fitball, um, etc. And after a while, it's also just going to get uncomfortable getting up and down um, off the floor, you know, numerous times as well. So something that we can cut out quite early. Um, I've already talked a bit about the core as well, but studies are showing that anywhere from 65 to 100% of women will experience some form of abdominal separation, um, especially in the third trimester. So some studies are showing no links to exercise and some showing it's actually beneficial to be exercising. However, it is just a reminder that we don't want to be um, putting excess stress on the core. So Cutting out all of that core training, especially during the second and third trimesters, um, is going to be very beneficial. And again, there's no need to be doing it um, during that time. We also want to be avoiding heat or heat training. So studies are reporting associations between high environmental temperatures and preterm birth, stillbirth and low birth weight, um, and also congenital uh, congenital heart defects as well. So as mentioned a little bit earlier, things like hot yoga should be avoided. 
Um, but what I was taught in my course is things like hot tub and sauna should also be avoided. So I haven't really spoken to many women about this, but I could imagine maybe getting in a hot tub um, or even a sauna could be seen as quite relaxing. But um, yeah, what we were taught in our course was that we should be avoiding those high heat environments. So definitely avoiding those. Um, as I already said, exercises to avoid in general, any that feel uncontrolled or painful, cause um, you know lots of breath holding, cause any form of incontinence or leaking, or that cause your abs to bulge out, or any that cause downward pressure on your pelvic floor. All of those exercises should be avoided. But what about exercises to focus on and that are going to benefit us during our pregnancy? Well, exercises that target um, or help with pelvic stability and posture are going to be really important. And I already touched on that a little bit as to why that's going to be important. Obviously, um, pelvic stability, your pelvis is going to be taking a lot of load and posture as we are um, putting on all this extra weight anteriorly in front of us. So your glutes, your glute max and your glute med, your hamstrings, your quads, your mid and lower traps, your rhomboids and your deltoids are all going to be really important muscles to focus on. So that is essentially all the muscles in your back and the back of your legs as well. So exercises which are um, going to be working those muscles in a safe manner are ones we definitely want to be doing more of um, throughout pregnancy. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about these exercises. I'm going to talk about some of the exercises we do and some of the modified exercise variations we can begin to incorporate. Um, just to give you a bit of an idea of how to make these changes and what changes to make in the classes here at 3PC. Um, as always though, you are welcome to speak to myself or the other coaches. Um, they'll always provide some support. And remember, any exercise can be changed, can be modified or performed in a different way. So don't feel like you have to do something a particular way, um, especially if it's causing you any discomfort. So, already touched on this, but hip thrust, great exercise for your glutes and everything like that, but we do want to avoid being flat on the floor on our back. So, adding a weight or a dead ball to that is just going to increase that pressure. So, some good alternatives include um, doing a hip thrust on a box, a bench or a ball, um, doing some banded clams lying on your side, putting the band around your knees, um, doing some banded sidewalks, so side to side. Um, squats and deadlifts are still going to be great exercises too. However, you may find that with those, you might need to adopt a bit of a wider stance to allow room for your belly. So sumo squats and deadlifts, sumo deadlifts are going to be really beneficial there. Um, and even if you start to struggle using a barbell for these movements, I know that can be really common, then switching that out and using dead balls and kettlebells is going to be, uh, sorry, dumbbells and kettlebells is going to be a really good alternative. So think about, you know, doing a deadlift, holding the kettlebells or the dumbbells on your side rather than holding the barbell in front of you can be a little bit comfier. Um, the use of machines is also a great option. So we've got the leg press, leg extension, uh, hamstring curl, and the hip thrust machine here at the gym. The hip thrust machine, probably not as much because that's gonna your belly's going to get in the way there, but the other three, definitely. Um, I also mentioned that balance and stability can be a bit of an issue too. So you may find it um, difficult performing single leg movements such as lunges and Bulgarian split squats. So good alternatives there um, can be doing lunges using the TRXs. That's going to give you some support. Um, doing some single leg box hip thrust as well as you've got your back there to support you um, or even just standing single leg 
um, deadlifts or RDLs with some dumbbells there as well. So just some examples of all these major lower body exercises, um, which can be easily modified and we can still um, target these muscles using a number of variations. You'll probably find it slightly easier to um, do upper body work anyway and to continue doing so. So just again, avoid all things down on your back. Um, and if getting up or down on the floor is too uncomfortable, just avoid it altogether because any exercise on the ground can easily be replicated elsewhere. So for example, push-ups can just be done on a box, um, on a wall or even on a TRX. Um, a chest press on a bench or even a shoulder press can be used instead. So there's no need to be getting down on the floor there. Um, as I said, posture is really big. So plenty of back exercises are going to be beneficial to help with that. So things like uh, rows and pulls are great. So using a barbell might be difficult as the belly is going to get in your way, especially later in the pregnancy. So things like TRX rows, lat pull downs, dumbbell bent over rows and single arm rows um, using kettlebells or dumbbells, uh, bicep curls, banded pull downs. These are all going to be great examples here. Now, in general, you can train right up to or just before your pregnancy, but obviously don't feel pressured into this. Everyone is different. If you're able to, then that's great. If not, don't stress too much. Just focus on what you can. Even if it's just some light movement around at home, that's still going to be beneficial for you. But other than that, there really aren't too many changes that need to be made. Um, some just may be a little bit more case dependent than others, but the real key takeaways are um, avoid lying supine, so lying down on your back, generally from 16 weeks onwards, and avoid any real heavy core work from 16 weeks onwards too. So again, it's not necessary there. Um, we want to stop the high impact and reduce the load, and we want to bring the intensity down to a comfortable talking level. So increasing the amount of reps we're doing um, rather than doing that real heavy stuff. And for the cardio-based stuff, um, being able to talk throughout the session is always a good indicator that you're in the right zone. So before moving on to the final section, which is getting back into exercise postpartum, I do want to quickly touch on nutrition as well. Now, as soon as you become pregnant, you should be getting your nutrition advice from a dietitian as they are the only ones trained in providing specific advice. You can also look at the Australian Dietary Guidelines for Pregnancy too. However, a common misconception is that you need to be eating for two people and that definitely isn't the case. Now, from my course, it was made quite clear that many people gain much more weight during pregnancy than is necessary. Some studies also indicate that the majority of women weren't being made um, aware of this at all by their health professionals. So speaking to a doctor, um, how much they should be eating wasn't even discussed. So something to keep in mind. Now, the goal will change based on your starting weight, but if you are within a normal weight range, you should ideally be gaining anywhere from 11 and a half to 16 kilos during your pregnancy. So um, you do want to be mindful of gaining high amounts of excess weight as there are risk factors associated with this. Um, I will say though that I can only imagine how difficult it is to do that with all the changes occurring inside your body. Now, I think that would be difficult to stick to if you felt perfect all the time, but obviously physically, mentally, hormonally, lots of changes. So no doubt you're going to be experiencing cravings and things like that. Um, obviously, your exercise levels are probably going to decrease. So the amount of calories you're burning is going to be decreasing 
Um, so, you know, it is going to be different for everyone there, but it's definitely something you should speak um, about further with your doctor or at least seek advice from a qualified dietitian as there are definitely some other dietary factors you want to be mindful of during your pregnancy. So there's definitely some other nutritional changes that you're going to be want to be making. Um, you may be uh, avoiding certain foods or you may be wanting to add some things in as well. So um, important to keep in mind. Now, time to wrap it up the final section with getting back into exercise post-pregnancy. So I'll just skim over some of the important stuff here, avoid going into too much detail. But with getting back into exercise, it is much more case dependent. And again, everyone is going to have a different experience. Even if you have multiple pregnancies, they're all going to be different. So the first one, maybe you found it quite easy getting back into exercise. The second one, maybe it was really difficult. So just keep that in mind. Now, first thing postnatal is to refer to a pelvic physiotherapist. The common attitude that everything's normal after the first six weeks is really inappropriate and can lead to problems such as incontinence or back pain. So we definitely don't want to be rushing that period. You will need a doctor's clearance um, even before returning to um, you know, a really gentle postnatal type of session. So keep that in mind as well. Um, but the postpartum female should be advised to commence pelvic floor exercises almost immediately after birth um, and should try and perform them several times per day. Um, and then once you start to feel a little bit more comfortable, you're going to start to introduce some light walking as well. You should get information about all of this in the hospital from either a midwife or a physio, but sometimes you have to ask for it as well. So I think there's some important considerations to keep in mind there. Now, your postnatal ex exercise considerations will be um, based upon your pre-existing fitness levels, your pregnancy experience, uh, the labor and delivery, the health of the baby, your sleeping patterns, uh, whether you have to go back to work or not, um, the support you have from your partner and your family, uh, abdominal separation, and having other children as well. So, there are numerous factors which are going to impact you getting back into the gym and it definitely isn't a process which needs to be rushed but postnatal exercise is important it is important to improve pelvic floor control improve uh, blood flow and circulation enhance weight loss improve bone density uh, allow for core healing and retraining um, obviously it improves your mental health and just improving general um, movement as well now, you will need to gain clearance from a medical professional before returning to the gym, as mentioned, and how you return will depend greatly on what conditions you are in. Now, there is a real emphasis on the pelvic floor, so you definitely want to be mindful of that and also abdominal separation. So getting on top of those two things before any other considerations will be really important. But obviously, the major factor to consider, other than just your body, will obviously the whole new routine that you have, you you know, everyone's quite aware that your sleeping pattern is definitely going to be out of whack. And just your ability to get to the gym, having a newborn baby is going to be really difficult. Um, and it's going to be difficult for both mum and dad. So um, these are all things that we need to consider. I know that I'm always so grateful for an um, uninterrupted sleep when I'm talking to all the new parents at the gym. And I know just how difficult it can be um, getting back into that routine again. And of course, you won't be just back to where you left off either. So you may need to start out by modifying some exercises or at the very least, starting off very slow and very light and then gradually building your way back up. Um, it's not uncommon for it to take up to 12 months, if not longer, 
for some people to regain their strength and uh, return to the fitness levels that they were at pre-pregnancy. So again, it can be quite a long recovery period, um, but if we don't be smart about it or if we don't take it too easy from the start, it can actually be even longer if there are any implications. So we need to keep that in mind. So what are some good indicators that you're ready to get back into the gym? Well, first, you've been given the green light by a medical professional and ideally have had your abdominals assessed and your pelvic floor is in an okay condition. Then when you do start adding in more exercise, start to avoid the core work that caused um, you know, abs to bulge out or feel uncontrolled and avoid really heavy strength stuff, um, especially initially and early on. So things which cause like high levels of exertion like a heavy deadlift and things like that. As you regain your strength and control, you will begin to incorporate some of this again anyway. And obviously, getting straight back into the gym, you're probably not going to be able to go super heavy or feel like going super heavy anyway. So it is just something to keep in mind. Um, and try not to compare to other new mums as well. Take it day by day according to how you and your body are feeling. So everyone's going to progress at different rates. You know, you might see someone who had a baby at a similar time to you um, starting to get back into their training and really smashing it and you might feel like that you can't do anything near um, what they're doing. That's totally normal and that's totally fine. You're all going to progress at different rates. So you have to compare it to how you're feeling, not how anyone else is feeling. Your initial goals when returning to exercise should just be focused on getting your body strong and healthy again, not necessarily focused on dropping the baby weight right away. That will be much easier to focus on once you make sure there are no complications and you begin to build your exercise routine again. So once you start to get back into the swing of things, once you start to feel like, you know, you feel a bit better, you feel a bit stronger um, and you feel like you can push yourself a little bit more, then you can start to shift your goals a little bit more. Now, I know there was quite a lot of information in all of that there. As I said, um, it didn't feel like there was you know, like I was just trying to skim the surface there, even if it didn't feel like I was, there is much more to pregnancy and exercise than what was just discussed in this episode. But if anything, I was hoping that this has just given you a little bit more of an understanding and hopefully, um, you know, a little bit more insight into maybe some things that you need to be focusing on or some things that maybe you hadn't considered. Um, so hopefully there was something you were able to take away from this episode. I did probably miss quite a lot, but again, I didn't want to make things too overcomplicated either. Um, as I know, you know, pregnancy can be quite a complicated topic. But anyway, I hope you guys really enjoyed that one. Hopefully you took something away. Uh, well done if you stuck it out. I know it was a bit of a longer episode, but again, I really hope that helps. If you do want to discuss pregnancy further in person, feel free to chat to me at the gym or if you have any um, any questions, feel free to send them through to me. I'm always happy to help. Otherwise, I'll catch you all in the next episode. Cheers.